It's time you learned to type. Me? Yeah. So remember our last episode where we said we were going to make an intranet for Postlight? Yeah. (laughs) Turns out that we have one. We do? Yeah, it's Basecamp, and everyone's organized all the documents and critical docs that you need in order to do your work at Postlight. Oh. Yeah, and you know what? We get yelled at a lot because we don't use Basecamp that much where everybody else does. I don't like it. I don't either. You know what? That's not enough. If 30 people are working on Basecamp, I can go on Basecamp. No, I go on. I use it to do to do some stuff. It just, it doesn't lock into my brain. (laughs) I'm not going to have an argument with Gina while she's not here. No. But I have things to say about this. I do. I just want to let everyone know that we're looking forward to this. Gina is going to come on. Gina Trapani, one of the managing partners of Postlight, brought this up with me. I said, do you want to come on the podcast and just tell us how we screwed it up? And she said, absolutely. So just something for our listeners to look forward to. I mean, I'm down. It's like you ever see when they do the like press conference before the UFC match and they both stare at each other That's and really then one person bumps into the other and then next thing you know, they're separating them because it's getting ugly. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I can't yeah. tell you. It's also, it's totally unfair. It's two against one. and It is. It's the lion's den. But you know what? Gina has this really disarming quality about her, which can really bring the temperature down well, in the room, but she, it'll be fun. She has a trick that I do. The thing that I do, and she also does it, which is just agree with the person no matter what they say. And then keep going with your point. Yeah. So they'll be like, I don't think anyone should ever own a bicycle ever. And you'll be like, absolutely. No, no, I get that. I get that. Uh, It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to this battle royale. That's right. With finally a little conflict on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who wants to come on this podcast and fight with us. Oh, my God, please. Somebody just come talk to us. That's what we want to do. We just, (laughs) we just, because, you know, when you get a typical guest on, it's like, tell us about your book. And you just, we want them to shine. Yeah, yeah. I just, if any of the people who listen in our cohort just want to come on and have an argument, oh my God. Pro tip, for anybody who wants to be on this podcast, if your PR person is going to reach out to us about visiting, we're not going to have you on. It just doesn't. Every now and then. Unless you're a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) Every now and then somebody gets through. But the thing is, is people come on, they want to talk about their stuff. All I want to do is fight about technology. The thing is, is most people talking, you really could just like, if they could just do it in an FAQ, it would be a lot better. Yes. 90% 90% of YouTube should be an FAQ. The videos themselves oh God, should be answers talking. to questions? We have so little time in this world, and everyone is like, hey, take a half hour and listen to us, much like this podcast. Yeah. But come on, give me a break. Just give me five bullet points, and then let's fight a little bit. Because life is short. Life is short, and also I think people want to be entertained a little bit. All right, so I need to talk about something on the podcast. Uh-oh, this, uh, it took a serious turn. Go. <laughs> I bought network-attached storage over the weekend. Paul, tell me, what is network attached storage? Well, think it's basically a wrapper around a bunch of hard drives. So first of all, I did buy 40 terabytes of Seagate Iron Wolf, I think, Pro 7200 RPM. Dude, they come out of the box and they're like a solid block of aluminum. It's very pleasing. Okay, it's called Iron Wolf Pro? I think it's Iron Wolf, yeah. It's a Seagate Iron Wolf Pro 72, and it 10 gig, or 10 terabyte, that's how old I am, terabyte hard drives. And you get four of them, and then you put them in a little box made by a company that I believe is Chinese. Slow down. You're, you're, you're going too fast. So this is something called an NAS or NAS. Ne- network attached storage. Okay. So you bought internal hard drives that would go into any computer. That's right. 
and you bought a well, few of them. Well, not into a laptop, but like into a big computer. Right, into a, like a tower yeah, or a desktop. Yeah. Or, so you bought four of them. I bought four of them. 10 terabytes each. Yeah, so so now f- you've got this stack of hard drives that are cheap, 40 terabytes. Man. Hard drives are cheap. No, so. not, well, as you get up there, as you get to the 10 terabytes, they, yeah. they're like three, 400 bucks a pop. Okay, so you bought these, yep. and they're sitting there. Now, you could put them in a computer. You could. Old school. You could. But you didn't. What did you buy? You bought a QNAP Thunderbolt 4-drive NAS. Good God. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for about a year and a half. And in its most basic form, it's an enclosure. It's a it's box. A thing you're gonna it's s- literally a cube. It's, it's a almost box. a cube. Yeah. Okay. So you put the hard drives in it. What uh-huh. happens next? You connect it through Wi-Fi, and it's a web server that has apps on it. And it says, here, let's set this bad boy up for you. Okay, so you connect it to your Wi-Fi, and then you open your browser, yep. and you hit whatever the IP address of the thing is. 192.168.0.141. That's the what the DHCP connected to. Okay, and then you get this GUI on you get, a, your web browser. You it's get, pretty janky. No, 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 no. It must be bad. It isn't, it isn't. Okay, you enter a whole new world of computing. For real. It's like the third way. It's the opposite of mobile. So like desktop, we know what desktop is. And then mobile is like, hey, we're going to let you do a lot of things, but they're going to be kind of low bandwidth and they're going to be very app driven. Okay. Okay. Now go to the NAS. The NAS is now like a meta computer. Okay. So here's the things it includes. Okay. I can have my 40 terabytes actually becomes more like 26 terabytes when I got them all RAID optimized. So that way if a hard drive fails, I can pull one out, put another one in and it's all good. Physically, the chances of two hard drives failing at once are very, very low. So now I have a nice secure backup for all of my family's stuff, like all my Google Photos. This is my goal. I want to get all my data back in one place because mm. I got Google Photos, Postlight Dropbox, Personal Dropbox. So this is interesting. You didn't you didn't say, oh, cool, I got Dropbox or I got iCloud and off we go. You didn't want you wanted it. You wanted it in your house. That's right. I want all the stuff. And I also yeah. want to be able to download, this is personal, but I want to download large data sets and experiment with them on the weekends. That's how I like to spend my time and I won't be judged for it. Fine. Now, I am going to say the interface does show signs of originating from uh, another culture and being a little shiny and confusing. Okay. But it's also, it's an app store model because everything's an app store now. You Everything you do. If you go to the bathroom, it, there's an app store involved. And like... <laughs> So you get onto the app store. And of course, you know, me being me, I'm just like, I bust all the options. And so so first thing, you, you format the hard drive. Then you start to notice you're in a world of technology that actually looks a little bit like the one in your nerdy head. So here's one of the apps. It's just called Download Manager. So you just put a URL in and it downloads it. But you could also put a link to a torrent file and it'll go get that for you too. That's built in at like the OS level with this bad boy. Mm, Interesting. And so there was a particular 100 gigabyte file I wanted off of the Internet Archive. Okay. I just put in the torrent for it because that's like a nice steady way to download and share its bandwidth. And I was it. You're not downloading movies here. No, no, no. no, I would never, never, not even cross my mind. And suddenly, like a day and a half later, there's that file just sitting there, 100 gigs, all good. And no, wait, wait, we're not done. Virtualization and container station. So I can run five different operating systems simultaneously on this thing. And I can connect to them through the web or through HDMI into a screen. So it's kind of the meta computer. It's like Linux underneath, but then you can do all the really modern things that you think about. It's like a little tiny cloud. It's for media. Often these things are associated with media. Yeah, that's right. Well, so all let's, you, let's, you, you 500 like, like home videos or... Yeah, you don't need 40 terabytes for documents. Let's, let's No, not, for, not for Word. Or even, frankly, your archive of your email over the years. It doesn't get that big. It just doesn't... No, I would say big. my personal data, and I'm a person who has a lot of data, 
is like a couple terabytes. But the interesting things that happen online, like common crawls and archive of the web, you can download huge tranches uh, of the this web. This is your dream. No, of course. I want to. You want to play around. I want to play around every now and then. And I want to be able to say, you know what? I need five terabytes of the web in order to do a little experiment and understand you know, yep. something about how people are using the web or using language. Mm -hmm. And I can say, here, go get it. You know what's neat about this is, you know, we're on the older side. So there's a pinch of nostalgia to all of this. I hope younger people play around like this because this is really what's going on. Because, and I've said this in the past because, and I sound old saying it, is that it's all been masked away now. Like all you know, I know is I ran out of space for my photos and then Apple sends me a really well formatted email saying it's time to pay $2 a month. This is why I'm and saying it's the no opposite more, of mobile. No more problems for you. We've got yeah, this yeah. figured out. Just, but honestly- I need $24 a year and I'll make this go away. I'll make this go away. And I don't want it to go away. I don't, I don't want it to go away for my kids. My kids are very young and I want them to actually build the thing and mm -hmm. actually play with it and mess around with it. I hope that there's going to be opportunities to do that. They'll see me doing it. You know, my wife bought me a MAME cabinet to play old art. You know, essentially I had to build this thing from scratch. And I got to say, my kids loved building it with me and they loved, and I was testing the triggers on the joysticks. People the need buttons. to understand this thing is very large. It's like seven feet It's one feet of the tall. ugliest things I've ever seen. Seven feet tall. Well, the thing is, you have a lovely home the, and you have a, I know the room it's in. It's a lovely, simple room. And then there is this unbelievably unattractive yellow arcade machine sitting in the middle. Yeah, it's, it's kind of great. It's like the old Tropicana Casino in yes. Atlantic City threw up into my living room. <laughs> but it plays Centipede. But also, yes. it's kind of great in the living room. Like, it's just this one utterly unacceptable element in it the is. middle of It's been moved, by the way. Uh -huh. It's been moved to what is formerly the kids' room because they're getting older, and now it's sort of this reading room, yeah. hangout room. It's a thing. shack in the backyard. It's a sh <laughs> shack in the backyard. So I guess my point is, I think it's great. Yeah, you're scratching an itch. I don't think enough people know that they can. First off, you're controlling your data. Your stuff is yours and it's in your hands right now. I've done this, by the way. I yeah. didn't do this to this extreme. I bought like a couple of external SSDs and I got all my images and mm -hmm. it was a task to get them it's, out of iPhoto. Thing. It's a chore. It's a chore, but yeah. and there were scripts and somebody had built this sort of open source project that actually pulls all your Flickr photos because yeah. they made it real hard. But now that I think they let you do it out of fairness. They send you, they like, we'll get back to you in two days. Well, and then Google, you get like, I'm on Google and Google takeout is pretty good. You go to Google takeout, you can get yeah. everything. But I will say like, what's wild with this thing is that we've gotten so locked in the mobile, which is you just give the platform total control. This is the opposite. This is sort of like, Hey, run any operating system you want. And yep. yeah, it's like a weird, slightly lockdown OS that we built, but you're going to want to do all sorts of crazy stuff and download terabytes of data. That's cool. And that use case isn't in mainstream computing anymore. I don't know if storage as a concept is in mainstream Well, because you go to the anymore. cloud. You go to the cloud. You know when people say, which iPhone did you get? And they say, I got the 256 gig one. Yeah. I don't know if they know what they're talking about. No, they don't. This is for the small business too. That's the other reason people use it. But increasingly, half the functions that it has are like mirror your cloud provider or accelerate your Dropbox with local storage that yep. also syncs back up. Yeah. It doesn't pretend the cloud isn't there. Go play. Yeah, yeah. What I would encourage, I like, yeah, do you really need it? Of course you don't. You, you can just what? pay the, the fees. This was as expensive as hell. It was like, you know, 2200 bucks when I was all done. What? Yeah, because you got to buy the hard drives too. 
well, you bought 40 terabytes. Let's be for most people, a five terabyte hard drive, they're perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah, but this, the, as you, most of the NASAs are actually bigger. It's what people do need storage. You know who needs storage is like video producers. Oh, yeah. The cloud yeah, doesn't yeah. work for them. They need like. Yep, and they need the speed around it. They need they 50 need, terabytes on Thunderbolt on yep, their desktop. Yeah, and they need access to it fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. So like people working with uncompressed video, lots of data. You know what's interesting? You're starting to see like AI workflows are built into these more and more. Because people sense. want that local that, you know, I'm going to process a bazillion images and yeah. turn them into a, mm -hmm. a, a machine. It's love. Model. It's fun to hit the edge and realize, oh, there isn't a cloud service for that. You know, everything has sort of been abstracted away. That's right. And it's like, well, no, there's still some cases left where I got to have a big, gleaming, silver, shiny box underneath giving off heat against my feet. You know, if you were doing high-res video and you had like a petabyte of storage, just like 30 to 40 years of your life you could record. So when you think about the way things are going oh yeah, yeah. i mean I, I thoroughly enjoy google photos i have my stuff mirroring between google photos and iphoto for some reason because google photos does some fun things do you with still the stuff. use microsoft for your video archive no oh you got off of that was dropbox now Microsoft for my video. Oh, 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 live, like Microsoft live storage yeah, or, one, or whatever, whatever the hell, hell it was. One OneDrive. OneDrive. Yeah, no, I got off that shit. Yeah. It is a shitty piece of software. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry to the 4,800 people who work on it who listen to this show. No, it's not a shitty piece of software. Look, here's the thing. I, no, I'm not going to get into this. If, well, if it's you're, bad. If you're it not was bad on, and it was clunky. And If the you're not on not Planet Microsoft, it's not probably not that great for you. I, it's probably gotten better. Yeah, Things yeah. are getting better every day. That is wild. And Very and cool. I compare, I'm like, oh, this, you've seen this tool, it's really bad. And meanwhile, I hadn't used it in three years and it's been rebuilt five this, times. This happens a lot. Oh, it's You know what happens when we do our little sessions where we like to watch videos of people using enterprise software during lunchtime? This is which, how we run the company. Uh, here it's really, it's kind of embarrassing, but that's the yes. only way to learn. Like, hey, what's Sitecore up to these yeah. days? Everything looks pretty good these days. Paul, I'm sitting here and talking about keeping it real by having a silver box that gives off heat under yeah, your I'm desk. Sorry. I'm, I just had to get it out, okay? No, no, it's and fine, I just, and, and, and I admire it, and I, and I respect it. Well, you have, we all have our little hobbies. You set up pie hole and build an arcade machine. I'm still paying the fees. I know. I, I didn't even know I was. I didn't even know that I was paying $2 a month to have pictures on oh, it's I didn't amazing. even know it. Do yeah. you know what you pay for? Yes, vaguely, but that apparently I signed up for some educational service for my kids, which I have no memory of. Right, an uh, owl. Yeah. yeah, it's just an <laughs> owl telling me you owe $5. Over and over again. And you can't, like, your Amex is like, yeah, sure, okay. The $3 Amex charge is the future of the internet. It is the internet. Yeah. It is the internet. This actually dovetails into another conversation around money and how important it is to seep into your credit card's muscle memory mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden become hardwired such that you're so buried down in the bill that it's over. And, and Do you do Amex notifications? I got to turn them off. I do them. What's the lower limit there? It's not a lower limit. I have the card not present mm. transaction, which my card rarely gets used. For. Right, like, right. Of when course you, it's not yeah. present because the schmucks at Dropbox uh, aren't... I see. So like, if you go out to lunch and you give them a credit card... It doesn't give me a notification. Because they literally a physical card got passed through. That's right. It's something like, charges you. Right. And for some reason, there's a group of people at Dropbox that only want to charge me at four in the morning. Is this work and personal? <laughs> Eastern time. Yeah, no. It's like, oh my God, who died? No, it's... Yeah. It's just a charge coming in. So... I'm seeing all the card not present, present, but for some reason, no, actually, I'm going to correct myself. The recurring costs don't show up. Mm. And if I pull up my credit card So right like now, an AWS, you know who bills me a penny a month? Google. 
every month I get a bill from Google for one cent. I don't know what it's for. It could be for one of our labs projects that's kind of sitting in the corner that was on my credit card. But it's just, am I going to just pay the penny or am I going to do the research? It's the research, dude. Where do you even start? Uh, Oh, we got got in big trouble once because we had a credit card mixed up with Google and it was like Google, Amex, so on. There are no humans involved. Oh, no, 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 no. It was like an emergency security council meeting at the UN to get this resolved. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it's it took a week. Yeah, yeah, and this is like really critical internet services are locked into credit cards and cloud platforms where everything has been optimized to not let you unlock the problem. Exactly. Like you can't exactly. pay to make it go away. You can't just say like, okay, if it's $10,000, let us pay the $10,000. They're like, no, you're on triple double lockdown and we can't help you. I'm going to pull up my Amex bill. Oh, my God. Obviously, you know, what's the instinct when you pull up your Amex bill? You sort by the biggest charges because you want to make sure there's nothing weird going on at the top of the bill. So you sort it against the big charges. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reverse that Ready for sort it the other way. I mean, Rich bringing up his Amex bill is actually probably going to blow up the browser. Like the DOM isn't going to be able to handle it. It ain't pretty. No. (laughs) You start scrolling and about a half hour later, you're not done scrolling. I don't want people to think I'm like this just, you know. No, you know what the worst. Spender type, but. No, no, you run everything through Amex. You know, I will say while you're bringing that up, whenever the Amex gets stolen, which happens about, you know, once an hour, they always buy much nicer things than I would ever buy. So it's sort of weird. It's like, hey, did you buy that Balenciaga bag? Did you get that Hermes scarf? And it's like, that's not me. You guys know that's not me. And I feel that Amex is very judgmental. Like, they, like he's never buying a like $180 sweater. All right, so I'm at the bottom of my bill now. All right. That actually... That whole story. It took that long. Spotify is okay. in the mix. Now, okay. I, pay, I pay more for Spotify because it's $15 because I have a family. I do the family plan too. It's good. Although okay. my children make playlists. Can I tell you about my son's playlist for one minute? Go for it. It's the Rocky Four soundtrack, and he's gone in deep on like the dude who was responsible for the synthesizer, and he's got his other songs on the plate. Like He went off of the Rocky. He's like, this guy can really play synth, Dad. And... My son's eight, and he's like, music to him is the Rocky Four soundtrack. I'm paying $50 a month to Google, and I could not tell you what I'm paying for. Could it be your personal email? No, because that's, that's $25 uh, a first year. First of all, I don't know if it's for the month. Maybe it's for the year. That's the other thing. Every it could so be your often, personal email for the year. There's this great app called typingclub.com. Mm-hmm. Okay? It essentially teaches you to type, and it's beautiful. It's, it is time you learn to type. But it's for my kids. It's, okay. It has games and it teaches and it's like really, really well done. All JavaScript. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really like very, a lot of animations and stuff. And I was like, you know, the kids are loving this and typing is going to be important for them. Well, let's sign up. So I signed up and I paid them $50 for the year. Yeah. Right. I don't know when that's going to ever end. Oh, because you got, the thing is, is they always get you after. They're like, hey, we just build your credit card. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, it's a yearly thing. No, because they're not, they're gonna, not gonna. The right thing to do would be to send you an email and say, "Hey, we noticed you're not using it too much, and we're gonna bill you on as you agreed in the next two weeks. But if you don't want to get billed again, click this button right here." So now there are services. Let's name this right. Like passive billing is actually pretty nasty. You do think it's nasty? It's not cool to lock people in, and you know they forget. Like if you are a true advocate for your customer. Billing them for nothing isn't cool. Yeah, but you signed up for the service even though you're not using it. Yeah, that's a lawyer thinking though. Like it's just like, that's not how people think. Should we? Do you think it should send a note saying, "Hey, you're not using this much. Do you really need to keep paying this?" 
No one will ever send that email in the history of the internet. No one. <laughs> yeah, it's but guess possible. what? There are services now that do this. Yeah. There are services you that build. you pay for on a monthly basis so that it could tell you that other things you're paying for on a monthly basis shouldn't be paid for. This points to some structural problems with the way that we do <laughs> commerce on the internet. Right? Like, you know who could really solve this for you? Stripe. Stripe could give you a tool to manage your recurring billing. So could Amex. Amex could bring up a box and it could say, here are the things that bill you every year. Amex could do it, but Amex likes the spending. There's not a lot of incentive This is the there. thing. The whole world is aligned against the consumer in okay. this case. Ready? Yeah. Here's a few. Truebill is one. Trim. That's not a good name. Subscript me. Okay. Subscript me. Bobby. That's not good either. Oh, no, but like it's British policeman. Subby. Yeah, it's a bondage thing. Track my subs. Okay, that's an extreme bondage thing. That's not a tool. Hate paying bills you forgot to cancel? Take control of your, of your subscriptions and be reminded before they hit your credit card. <laughs> we'll bill you an incredibly random amount from a different place every year. I don't understand. First off, I'm on the site. How do hey, you pay that? These let guys? me make another point, too. Is Amex run by MS-DOS machines? Because when you get that little, when you get that notice, it's like AMZN asterisk 543. They have a pricing plan where I got to pay for the people that tell me about my other pricing plans. I mean, <laughs> this is insane. The this world, insane. the world's going crazy. Do you think these guys are like going after each other? Like, do you want to track, track my subs? Absolutely. Then use Subby and Subby is also being tracked by track my subs. Mm -hmm. Is that happening? Mm -hmm. You think, do you really think that's happening? You know what I would do if I was doing that? They're all like 10 bucks. What are they, like 10 bucks a year? No, it's by number of subscriptions That's for annoying. this particular Here's one. Here's what you do with that. You want to own that space? You just charge 50 cents a month and no one will ever unsubscribe. And it's always, you're going to make so much money. I agree. I mean, I'm sure Subby or Bobby or one of these yeah. might be doing that. This, Listen. by the way, on a much, much, much bigger scale is happening in enterprises. I mean, to the tune of hundreds of millions of or billions can, of Can dollars. I make a point too? Is there a reason on your credit card that you couldn't have like 24 characters to describe where the prices, where the Or spaces between from? the words? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, they, <laughs> could they update that from 1981 mainframe technology? Amazon Seriously. SVCS. <laughs> there is one, there's like one DOS machine at Amex processing every transaction. Oh, apparently. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a Compaq X400. <laughs> that is a, that is actually a crime like it's time to open up a full text field you're, you're waiting in the mainframe I don't waters care. now i don't it's care none of your Go, business hire a cobol engineer and get to work it's enough <laughs> it's enough that's because seriously like we now rely on these systems it's time for them to get out of that legacy mode it's it, ridiculous this is a great point because the deciphering of what that charge was oh my god is amazing no, right? it's like hieroglyphics send a little packet you know what you ever see the uber receipts that has yeah. a little map thing mm -hmm. put it in my amex bill it's okay. You can do it. The tech is there. The technology is uh, ready. This is, as a New Yorker, the cab company receipts when they hit your bill. Oh, And God. it's like it's Queens like, driving floral. No, yeah, it's like Emil from Queens. It's, yeah, like, and I just feel like, who the hell is no, Emil? No, Emil Carr. <laughs> That'll be the Emil name. Car. One word. Emil Carr, all caps. Yeah. And then we'll get the like, hey, what's this $24 charge from Emil Carr? Let me close this podcast. First of all, this is one of the more interesting podcasts. We went from storage and paying money for things and then how, what money is, how much money's in your wallet right now? I'll tell you. Hold on. I got about 200 bucks. Is that typical? Yeah. Okay. Rich has $4. I have $4 in my wallet. I rarely have cash in my wallet. I think this speaks to, it's becoming more and more cryptic to see transactions happen. 
we're not seeing the transactions happen. Well, cash was easy. You'd it's go to the ATM, you'd get your $120 for the week, and you would kind of know where you were on any given day. You'd be like, oh, I got like yes. 40 bucks. You know what else you knew? You knew exactly how much was in your bank account. Well, you see it. Yeah. Whether you wanted to see it or not, it always showed you the balance, yeah. I think. And you interacted with tellers, too. They would ask you if you wanted your balance. But so. that's gone. We're, we're done. We're done with that, right? But we didn't create a good system. We found was if you hide it away, there's opportunity for much more money to be made by hiding it away. Did you because ever try you can't mint? See it, you don't feel it. You're not feeling it, right? It's just not there. Did you ever try mint or any of those services? I try. I think I did. I found them very clumsy mint because they have to integrate with your bank account and your. I'm sure there's good ones now. Well, it it's all been got a long time. it all got better because of Plaid. Yodely was the big one, and then Plaid came up, and Plaid just got bought for like five billion dollars by Visa. That's right. Yes. So like there are services, but literally at one point, my bank. I have a kind of broken ass bank. There's no way around it. You'd call them up, and they'd be like, for them, you actually have to kind of do. It was like essentially you have to use an acoustic modem. Like it was just comical. And so that's all getting better because what the banks have realized is they have to offer relatively good APIs into these services. Or that people, are bringing information together. Because people like to check things on yeah. their apps. Yeah. I think the big tip today is A... Let's get um, a tip here. We need tips. Oh, no. I think you should use one of these tools. I think some are free and they're cheap. They are relatively cheap. I mean, tracking 20 subscriptions for $5. Actually, wait. That's per month. That's a lot. I'm not so doing this. You don't want to pay more money to track your shit? Mint, Mint and all those were supposed to kind of categorize all your stuff automatically for you. Yeah. Our service, we use a thing called Abacus for expenses. Yeah. But nothing really works because they're all trying to make sense out of like eight characters. Oh, it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the tip I really want to give They you. love to show you that pie chart. They're like, here are your expenses. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's not really helping the thing that's kind of chewing away all day long. Here's the tip I would leave people with. When new services come out, they'll give you a lot of months free because mm, yeah. they want you to forget about it. I'm on Disney Plus through Verizon, and probably next year, I'm going to pay about $100 per Baby Yoda appearance. You're, and you, you know, remembering it. So what I do is when I try services, I go right on my to-do app, and mm. I say, did you like it, Rich? And I do like three days before it expires. And then I go and cancel it. Oh, that's smart. So you put a little to-do reminder. to-do at the end of that period of time. Holy shit, that's a good tip. Yeah, it's a really good tip. I'll tell you, but you know, you know what that tip is worth? $120 a year. If you want more tips, Paul, if you're willing to pay Postlight $5 a month, yeah. we'll give you more tips. That's like an this. actually good tip. Yeah, it is a good tip. It yeah. works, actually. But, or <laughs> really you works. could put it in your Google Calendar, too. Because, boy, you forget, man. Well, that's the whole point. And then they bill you again. And because the entire world is a dark pattern. All the time. The banking industry is a dark pattern. All the time. Hey, we All got your time. money. Yep. Yeah. All right, so if you want to give us your money... Yeah, I mean, you want to spend your money right, all that money you're saving through these tips. No, uh, you're not spending your money. Spend your company's money on amazing digital platforms. We are Postlight. That's right. We've got some amazing clients. We've done work for some of the biggest companies in the world, some of the biggest organizations in the world. Yeah, if you need to make a product so and that startups, you can, if you um, can grow, if you want to make a product for growth... I know who to talk to. Yeah. It's hello at postlight.com. We think strategically, but we also execute design and engineering. Also, we love the work. We like talking about it. And we love talking to people. If you want some advice for free? For free. We're very generous. Not $10 a month. If you want to leave a little something behind, nobody's going to disagree with you, but we'll, we'll talk to you. That's right. Hello at yeah. postlight.com. You want to drop a 10? <laughs> tip your salespeople. <laughs> Anybody who wants to get in touch, hello at postlight.com. And also, boy, are we hiring. We're growing. So yes. product managers, designers, engineers, this is a nice place to work with good quality of life. 
We like parents. We like people from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of identities. They are utterly welcome. Remote friendly. We are remote friendly on the engineering side. Product and design are still in New York City. Yes. Um, and we would love to hear from you. So get in touch. Hello at postlight.com. Have a lovely week. Everybody have a good week, and hopefully we'll get to fight with Gina soon. <laughs>